everyone welcome back survivors back we are here again season number 38 out of who knows how many we'll talk a little bit about that with today's guests but to get our season preview series kicked off we are bringing back our friend from realityblurred.com the gosh i should have written this down last time editor right owner yeah, that works <laughs> it's all you right it's all me so yeah you can give me whatever title you want the king and lord of realityblurred.com <laughs> andy dennert hey taylor thanks for having me back i'm glad to be here to chat and, and hopefully help uh make a new season of survivor much better than we expect yeah we're gonna have a bit of a big picture outlook conversation today about survivor and the status of the show and the game and everything and before we dive into Edge of Extinction, I do want to go backwards. And I, I am Taylor Gaines. I think I always forget to introduce myself, but you just kind of said hello, so it reminded me. I always need to be reminded of who I am. I'm Taylor Gaines. He's Andy. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to talk about David versus Goliath a little bit off the top here, because last time Andy was on, we had a conversation about an interview that Jeff Probst did prior to that season. And, and our conversation also took place prior to the season regarding, like, his outlook on the show and how they were making it. And at the time we were both fairly skeptical. It had been probably two or three just kind of bad seasons in a row. And like, I think we were doubting that Jeff was like understanding what made for entertaining television anymore and whether the show could get back to where it was. And uh, I'm sure we acknowledged, you know, it depends on the cast or whatever happens. But in light of that conversation, now that, David versus Goliath is in the books. How do you feel about that approach to thinking about the show that we took last time we talked? I mean, I think, you know, it's certainly part of being a Survivor fan to comment about things uh, without having any knowledge about them. Um, that's, <laughs> I think that's just about fandom in general. Um, and and I, I don't think, like, we were responding to what Jeff said, and he said that while he was filming this season, and that was really concerning. Um, that said, I think that particular experience of being, for me, seeing that, which was just like, I don't understand him anymore. I don't understand where he's coming from with the show. And then another ridiculous, stupid theme dividing the cast in arbitrary ways and like i was just like those two things together i was just not looking forward to the season at all but i think i will now have a sense that like things might also change and be different than those expectations because what we saw obviously with david versus goliath um at least for me was a show that one dispensed with its theme relatively quickly and didn't hammer it to death every single opportunity it had it was a little much in the first episode but I'd, i'll take one episode versus yeah. you know the entire season um and then two and this is something i actually think might have been fixed after there was a lot of pushback about last spring season which was tremendously boring um this was ghost and, island yeah ghost island it just like the editing was felt new and fresh and like we got to know all of the cast members and we there was moments of levity in both the way it was edited and in what we got to see of the characters and it felt like survivor just kind of lightened up and also just embraced itself again and it was just the one of the best seasons in literally years maybe five years for me just in terms of how much it popped off the screen and how much i just enjoyed almost every moment of it and you know i can go back and nitpick and i can question right, some of yeah. the choices 
probes into production made, but I'm I'm glad that we were wrong. I will say that. Yeah, and it felt to me like I don't know how you feel about this that the casting itself gave such a huge assist to the season because the show was I thought more diverse than usual and certainly less just a group of hot people that are like 25 years old and I always feel like that makes for more interesting groupings and and television but the other part of it is I felt like this cast whether the editors were trying these new things like we like you were just saying or not kind of forced them outside of the David versus Goliath box because like we talked about Christian a lot on our podcast how they at first were like he's going to be the nerdy guy who you're surprised by how good he is at everything or whatever right but the longer the season went on the more I felt like they don't know how to put this guy in a box because he's actually like just a really interesting person who's really good socially and also still a nerd and it felt like the just the group that they found was was a fairly unique group of people and they just had a harder time boxing them all up in the way that you've seen in, in previous seasons in, in in my estimation yeah i think that's a really fair assessment it does remind me of one other thing that i think concerned us and i think we talked about if my memory serves me correctly um which is that lynn spillman got fired from casting survivor right. in between this island and david versus goliath and that suggested like for the person who cast the very first season and brought us some of the most memorable characters in history to lose her job, it suggested that something went very wrong with the next two seasons. Or, obviously, there was something behind the scenes that we still don't have full information about um, other than what some survivors have yeah. said. So, I don't um, know. Yeah, and, and also last season was like such a TMZ fest of like Kara and Alec getting in trouble and Jeremy being banned from their union because apparently he like bolted from camp after he got voted out and there was a lot of vitriol towards people like natalie and angelina and it was a strange season on the and and jessica tweeted out something racially insensitive on her twitter account and got in trouble there was just like a lot of weird stuff happening and i don't know if that would even be the responsibility of a casting director when the cast kind of falls apart like that behind the scenes but yeah, probably. I, I would say not, but that's yeah, you're right. That could be part of it. Which, and by the way, you're reminding me with Angelina of something else that I just loved and didn't expect, which was for the first time that I can remember, Survivor actually started to wrestle with some of its major problems with how um, it portrays women and how women are treated on the show and women of color, especially. Like, we had some seasons in a row with like just. Um, like that was, those were just the first boots over and over and over again, or, and, and many other systemic problems that, um, but they actually talked about it on the show and addressed it at the final tribal council. And I know some fans don't like that because it hurts their brains when they have to think about the show and question some of their assumptions, but I'm hopeful that that means survivor is, you know, aware of some of its problems and will start to address the things that it can control. Yeah, and we don't have time to really get into that conversation right now, but I did want to say like the thing that stood out to me about that is they need to like really have a top-down meeting about that because yes. I have a very specific memory of the Survivor Twitter account tweeting something along the lines of like what what's a better nickname for Angelina, Miss Negotiator or Miss Bossy Pants or something. And exactly. then like they t- also tweeted something like should Gabby stop crying and they made it like a poll. 
And it was just like, what are we doing here, guys? And then to have Jeff at the reunion show be like, man, it must be tough to get sexist comments thrown at you on social media. I'm like, dude, your own show's Twitter account was doing that stuff, too. Like, they're just I appreciate that they want to grapple with it, but they also can't have it both ways. Right. No, and I, I think there's an entire podcast about how terrible Survivor's social media game is. Um, but that won't leave that for another day. <laughs> yeah, I just love the like sub game of like who they decide to retweet is such a strange thing that <laughs> to watch unfold. It is. <laughs> it's always the most generic, like, wow, Jeremy sure was great tonight in immunity exclamation point. Retweeted by Survivor CBS. I'm like, okay. Exactly. But yeah, okay, so David vs. Goliath was a surprising success, and now we are headed in an interesting direction, because it feels like a Ghost Island-type theme that frightens me. It's If you're not familiar, we've talked about it briefly on the show. Uh, it's called Survivor Edge of Extinction, and all we basically know at this point is castaways who are voted out are going to be given the decision to either go home or go to I almost said extinction island but I guess it's <laughs> I guess it's literally just called the edge of extinction and all Jeff Probst has said about it is they will be pushed further than ever before a chance to get back into the game and there's <laughs> he he mentions this is a secret that none of the cast know about when they come on and once they have been voted out no I'm not going to repeat that he said it will be the hardest they've ever had to work for anything. And the question we're exploring is how far are you willing to go in this game? So uh, what do you think this is? <laughs> and are you terrified of it? Yes, I am terrified. And <laughs> the reason is because it's Redemption Island times 100 and made worse. Um, like, from Explain like, what you mean by that. Yeah, well, for, for mild, this is like a mild spoiler and just structurally, not in terms of eliminations. But apparently there will be two chances for people to come back at the merge right. at the end, which is typical of, of that twist. It's not a big surprise, I don't think. But so otherwise they'll just be sitting around there. And like, it brings up all kinds of possibilities of like what happens at edge of extinction or extinction Island or whatever we want to call it. Um, like shitty Ponderosa perhaps um, <laughs> where they, they get to like, are people going to, bully each other to try to force them to quit so their chances improve is it going to be getting a lot of on-screen attention or we just not going to even know it exists ourselves until midway through the season like the other cast members um i think you know there's the the positive responses i've seen to this are people saying like it does sort of push you a little bit to say how far are you willing to go how much does this game really matter to you that's mildly interesting to me but it's 100% erased or at least 99% dampened by the fact that this season also is bringing back four people for their four 500th chance at winning Survivor. Well, this is the other side of it that we haven't talked about because there, there's this new theme that's weird and we don't really know if it's going to be a disaster. And then there's this eternal debate of like new versus old cast members. And they've they've done the this a couple of times, I think, where you they mix in a few people and we've got... Gosh, yeah, I should just have it memorized because it's four people. But we've got David Wright from Millennials vs. Gen X, Joe Anglim, who's been on a couple seasons, Aubrey Bracco from Cowrong and Game Changers, and then truly someone who I find so boring, and I'm even forgetting her name right now, Kelly Wentworth um, right. from Second Chance and San Juan del Sur. And it's like, I, I don't know. 
I don't know. What were you going to say about the four people? <laughs> well, back? I think the, the I, I mean, they're all fine and nice and I liked watching them, but just, yeah, one, I agree. Like I'm fine with returning players, but I want to see 100% returning players. So they're all basically on the same playing field or an entire tribe of returning players versus an entire tribe because the sure. mixing them, I think just creates a literal power dynamic that imbalance um, that is unfair on every level. But I think the structure of this season to me just looks like a mechanism to keep them around and to keep the challenge beasts in the game longer and to give them even more opportunities because let's say this new cast votes off, um, you know, Joe right away. He can sit around and win his way right back into the show. And like, we're ultimately at a position where every single person in the game might still be on TV on day 39 week or episode 13. Yeah. And I, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's survivor. I don't know if I want to watch that. Also, we don't get to focus on people then there's too much tension splitting. Well, that's always the issue with these things, these like random islands and ghosts and redemption and whatever is like, you only have 42 minutes every week to present the show. And like, how much time are we spending like all this editing and good work that they did last season, building out characters? Is it going to be, undercut by the fact that they have 25% less time to spend with the tribes on the actual beaches. And to jump to the deepest question possible that you just alluded to, is this even Survivor, this like premise that they're laying out? Because it's all of a sudden, a, like, how do you factor in? And, and I don't want to take it apart too much without understanding exactly how it's going to work. But like, like, what does it mean for somebody to get voted out first and then just make it all the way to the end without even being in the game? Like, how do you award that person a million dollars? Or if it's, but at the same time, like, if it's not Survivor, if it was some kind of different show, then maybe you could say the opposite. You'd say, how can you not award that person the money? Like, I, it's right. just like, it doesn't feel like the same show. And I'm not sure how to justify that. Yeah, because like if hypothetically the first person out is Joe, for example, and he sits around and then wins his way back in on day 38, like, yeah, he's survived out there, but, like, he hasn't done any of the challenges. He hasn't done any of the social game stuff. Yeah, no relationships. Uh, yeah, and, like, maybe he doesn't win as a result of that, and maybe the argument is that he deserves to win if the jury votes for him to win, which I think is always my argument. The jury votes for who is most deserving, and that's that's the game. But, yeah, I just I – don't, I don't understand that, and I feel like it's just another – like a, a lot of these little twists that we've seen over the years, like the super idol and whatever feel like ways that to like extend people's lives in the game. Um, and to, they ultimately end up undercutting the central premise of the show. And I think that they do that because as a television show, they want to keep their characters around longer and they don't want to get rid of them, even though the competition element has left them behind. And I see that just as a projection of the general fear from which most decisions in Hollywood are made. Like mo yeah. this, this industry is so scared of anything that could potentially scare off one person. And it's like, well, if you know, I'm just I'm picking on Joe here, but it's like if we have Joe on the season and he gets voted off first, like, and then people stop watching, like, how do we keep him around? And I don't, you know, I'm not suggesting that was the actual conversation, but that's ultimately what it ends up feeling like is just something to to avoid having to make people sad or, or avoid um, disappointing people. Yeah, I mean, fear is a logical place to go because, like, it's one of two things where 
they're either like this is going to make the show more entertaining or they're like what if this cast is a bust we need people to still be around and like i i feel like that's a fault of like not like there's like <laughs> there's got to be hundreds of thousands of people who apply for the show and you you can't like get 20 surefire people i i, I don't know how hard that job is but or it seems like it would be easier to not wind up with like uh i already forgot his name from a couple seasons ago um we i just was it ghost island or heroes versus there was some guy who was like a fireman and I, I literally don't remember anything about him at this point but the stuff the, i'm always surprised when stuff like that happens i'm like how can you not just find 20 insane people and like put them on <laughs> like mix them up and let it happen but like to your point it's just a i i worry sometimes that they are driven by this idea of either outsmarting themselves or thinking that we, the audience, are too stupid. (laughs) Yeah, and I I think, you know, I'm sure a lot of that comes in the conversations with CBS and what those are and how, what they want and what they're, you know, what makes sense or sounds good to them. I think a lot of this also comes down to Jeff, who I think is, as we talked about last time, no doubt doing what he thinks is best for the show, but I also just worry that he doesn't have someone checking his worst instincts um, and like focusing too much on like, you know, because he stopped calling these cast members, like even contestants, he calls them storytellers. And like, (laughs) that's not um, like, let's not just like make this into what it's not, you know, you are the storytellers. You're the people who put together the story for us. Like they are not that person. So anyway, so you just mentioned Jeff again, and I know we talked about this last time you were on, but like now that we've had two more seasons that were filmed be put forth here, and I believe they're filming at least the next two currently, or at least in the next few months, where do you see the show going now? Like, obviously they're going to go to 40 just for the marketing purposes. <laughs> and I would assume a little bit past then, but where do you view this just in your crystal ball as the king and lord of realityblurred.com where how how long do you think this goes uh at this point in your in your prognostication i mean as a television show it is doing extraordinarily well for cbs especially um, in 2019 <laughs> yeah it keeps winning its time slot it can sometimes like tick up from previous seasons which is unheard of like the general trend in television across the board is downward and that's because there's so many options, so many networks, so many platforms. And for a show just to maintain and continue to be strong in its time slot and to drive live viewing like Survivor does, I can't see them canceling it anytime soon unless it just suddenly tanks, which is possible, but doesn't seem likely at this point. Um, I think the bigger existential question is what happens when Probst gets bored, um, right. if he's really connected to it. And, you know, also we have just behind the scenes, like a huge change of the guard in terms of CBS leadership with Les Moonves gone, uh, good riddance to that ass. Um, but like, he was also the one who brought it to the air and maybe, I don't know, like how the new regime views that show or review or views the way he, like the, the stuff that he brought on the air, or how he was sort of protecting it or shepherding it or whatever. So I think that there's interesting questions sort of behind the scenes too, that we might never have clear answers about, but so I, I would expect it to go for years and years and years unless 
it just starts hemorrhaging viewers and less yeah. probes leaves. I think those are the two um, points of ca- potential cataclysm. Yeah, Jeff is 57 years old. Birthday's in November, so he, he won't be 58 till the end of the year. For comparison's sake, Tom Cruise is 56, and he's he's making like Mission Impossible movies. So that's that's funny. I didn't realize that Tom Cruise was actually younger than probes. <laughs> Yeah, only by a year, but look damn good, and I hope I look that good about it. But yeah, it's definitely an interesting thing to keep following. I feel like it's it still feels like not a real conversation because there haven't been like real whispers about it or any like you said disastrous rating showings or anything, and it just seems like it's steady and strong still, uh, whether the seasons are up or down or whatever. Yeah, which is which is wonderful, and and especially like. I don't know if I would have said this is wonderful if we just gotten through another season that felt like postponed. <laughs> I would maybe be like, time to let this take this one out back and like send it up to the farm. Um, yeah. But right now, I'm I'm happy with it and hoping it can continue. But I'm also, again, as we said, a little worried about this whole structure and twist. And but maybe I'm just a worrier. Yeah. So uh, you're at the Television Critics Association. Uh, Press tour is that the yep. word for it? That uh, that's is. going on in Los Angeles currently. Correct. And uh, is is there any CBS Survivor representation there, or is it just like no? They're, they're, they don't they don't give a crap about stuff like that. <laughs> uh, they 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 did do a press conference for the world's best. Uh, two of the three judges didn't show up for it, which might tell you <laughs> how even the judges feel about their own terrible knockoff of America's Got Talent. I think just in just to get into the weeds of the TCA networks are often hesitant to use their time to bring back shows that have already been on there before. But I think people actually, they're increasingly starting to do that because they realize these shows have intense fan bases and, and giving, but yeah, it's not, I haven't seen probes at, you know, yeah. I think he was here for his talk show. That was the last time I saw him formally um, being presented. It's just funny because you mentioned how, sometimes they're scared to just lose like a single person. And it seems the way entertainment is going is more in this direction of like appealing to 25 people really passionately rather than 250 million. Because like I've heard people joke about how the office on Netflix is probably the most watched thing on television currently. (laughs) So like, it's just like strange. It's a strange world for those executives and people, but yeah. So as we go into it, the season debuts February 20th, so it's only two Wednesdays from now where Survivor will be back. What are you, what's your final, like, just what does your gut tell you? Is Do you think we're going to get another good season or wh- what do you expect? I'm really, really concerned about the twist, the returnees, the casting, but I also think that last fall showed me that a season can be rescued by editing and can do things that will surprise and delight me. And so I'm really hoping that if we get another season that is edited as entertainingly as that one, even if it's a frustrating arc, even if someone who gets voted out on day six comes back and wins the whole thing and it seems ridiculous, like at least it will be enjoyable along the way, which is not how Ghost Island was for me. Ghost Island was frustrating nonstop. Um, and I know I was, you know, a little bit of an outlier there because some people liked that first half, but it just, 
what didn't work for me at all. So I'm really, I'm really hopeful and optimistic based on what we just saw in David versus Goliath and the way they told their stories. And I, by them, I mean the editors. So that's, I'm holding out hope. Yeah. And I know you haven't gone deep into the cast yet, but was there anybody who jumped out to you just looking through the pictures or the names or anything? Um, I, you know, just watching the video, there are definitely some people with like some vibrant personalities, I think, but it's, it's hard. Like I, you know, don't pay too much attention anymore preseason just because I, you know, I don't know. I just, it's like, I have too much else to watch or do. So I'd I'd rather (laughs) just kind of beat them along with the rest of the world. And, um, I also, you know, I did a couple of seasons in a row where I went out on location and, uh, interviewed people beforehand, I guess four seasons in a row. And, then I spent time like sort of dissecting them and judging them for what kind of players they would be based on 20 minute conversations. And that just seemed ultimately to be a little pointless. And I realized that that's kind of the fun of the show for some people. And that's great. But for me, it just didn't seem to be much more than me just kind of being a dick sometimes about these cast members. Um, I'd rather just sort of see how they actually play the game and see how they surprise me and and meet them for the first time with everyone else. Right. Well, we'll have to see what happens. Uh, That's all the time we have for today because I'm stepping away from work to record and you're stepping away from the actual TCA press tour so we can knock this out. And I really appreciate you coming on and taking the time. And I'm looking forward to seeing, regardless, you know, I always like watching how this particular group of people will reflect whatever we want it to reflect in society currently or <laughs> just exactly. in this world. I just enjoy that aspect of it. So yep, too. looking forward to diving into it and we will uh, definitely follow your work at realityblurred.com as the season goes on and talk to you in the future. But anything else you want to add before you run off to hear from the latest executive on some random ripoff reality show about Famous sea level <laughs> celebrities hiding under masks or something. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I appreciate it. And thank, thanks for having me on again. And I hope um, our um, bit of pessimism about this structure is <laughs> that we are proven as wrong as we were last season. And maybe, uh, yeah, like I will, I will look forward to revisiting it afterwards and, and eating some crow on it um, and hoping <laughs> that's true. Yeah, so that concludes our biannual pessimism episode. <laughs> and we will... Uh, be back very soon with our full season preview of this cast of 20 new well sorry 16 new people (laughs) and four returning survivors for edge of extinction season 38 with me and tyler b commons i have been taylor Gaines. he's andy dennert realityblurred.com come back soon the season starts february 20th have a great weekend goodbye yeah thanks taylor I'm not good at making these things up as well. <laughs> that is right.